Hello, welcome to the Gentle Rebel podcast, where we're all about playing with ways to navigate life's harsher edges with a spirit of compassionate creativity. I'm Andy Morton, a sound artist, a songwriter and a slow coach, and I love helping highly sensitive people understand and engage with their natural internal rhythms and processes using creativity and play so that they can make sustainable progress on meaningful pursuits without getting overwhelmed, shutting down or burning out. I hope you're well. This is the second part of a mini-series of three episodes looking at questions that we explored in our Haven theme cotter at the start of September, ahead of our month of change, or to kick our month of change off. We had a great session uh, brainstorming ideas around three questions. Firstly, what indicates to you when it's time for a change, uh, which we looked at in the last episode. Go and check that out if you missed that Um, So, you know, what are some of the signs that something needs to change or the signals that something has changed? In today's episode, we're going to explore the second question, which is how to move from change as a possibility to change as a reality. So how change actually comes about, approaches we might take to it and ways uh, we uh, have either instigated and integrated change ourselves uh, throughout our lives or things that we might have observed um, other people do things that we notice other people do in order to um, yeah catalyze change or move through uh, seasons of, of transition or move into seasons of transition and then um, next episode we're going to explore the final question which is the question of motivation how do we get motivated to change how do we stay motivated um, you know where are the sources of motivation around our lives that um, allow us to to kind of keep um, anchored to the change that we uh, want to make. Okay, so we are building on uh, what we talked about last week. Um, So you know that something has or something is ready to change. Um, So from here, how do you integrate that into life? How What needs to happen in order for it to move from um, that kind of acknowledgement uh, that change is there, that change is knocking at the door or has sort of let itself in, to the, in through the door into your life? How do you move from that into um, a kind of embodied reality? So like accepting it, integrating it, uh, moving um, towards it. So this was the next part of our uh, conversation in the Haven Cotter. It was really interesting to, to get this, uh, this bigger picture sense of what could occur Um, that leads to change becoming tangible and coming to life. Not necessarily things we would choose to do or things that we have done in the past, but things that one could choose to do or ways that change generally occurs when we're not in control of it. So like last week, I'm going to uh, go through the responses that uh, came out of that session and then add some uh, little reflections to them. So uh, they're not just my thoughts. These are gathered from our collective conversations where we were using the Zoom chat function um, to brainstorm and share responses to these questions. So uh, there was a, yeah, loads of great stuff that came through, loads of ideas um, and I guess options, things to add to the, um, to the toolbox of stuff that might occur to us. Um, and I think that's what is really, um, uh, I guess it, that's really what drives the heart of these, um, these sessions um, for me. It's a chance to think creatively and openly about possibilities um, so that, you know, when we are facing different situations, um, whether it's now or in the future, uh, 
things are more likely to occur, like a variety of possibilities are more likely to occur um, that we can be like, oh, yeah, actually that, you know, rather than the ingrained patterns that we might just fall into by default, uh, it might be that oh, I remember hearing somebody say that once. Maybe I'll try that out. Um, that kind of thing. And so they're not all relevant. They're not all appropriate for, for everything or everyone. Um, but it's just broadening that horizon. Um, and yeah, so I hope this is not, um, my aim is is to make this a, I guess, a creatively curious exploration rather than a list of things that you've got to try. <laughs> um, that is not the aim of these um, episodes. It's to sort of, I guess, open up the curtain so that more possible choices are at our fingertips uh, so that we're not um, stuck just picking from a limited and uh, often aging box of tools. Um, speaking of tools, uh, Tooler and I have uh, also turned these ideas in, into a into kind of bite-sized quick reference digital cue cards. So you can download those. Um, they're kind of a nice, simple design um, that will take you into whichever question that you are dealing with um, right now the things that are pressing for you. Um, so whether it is the question of, does something want to change? How how do I become aware of, of what it is that's trying to communicate to me right now in my life that, that where there's a change um, wanting to happen? Uh, or is it the question we're looking at today? How do, how do I take that thing that I know needs to change and turn it from a possibility into a reality? Uh, or is it the question of motivation that we will look at next week? You know, you know something needs to change. You know what you need to do to to make that change. But you're like, how do I stay motivated? How do I, you know, key into the energy required to actually make that happen? Um, so you can find a link in the show notes for uh, to, to download those cue cards. Just go to the hyphen haven dot co slash autumn slash change. And you should be able to get hold of them there. Um, and as I said last week, if you're listening to this and thinking that you could really use a sounding board to help get clear on what the voice of change is saying within you right now, then um, I would love to hear from you. You can book a pick the lock call with me, which is a, a chance to just really focus on anything that is pressing for you right now in a calm and connected 60 minute call uh, with me. I believe coaching is such a valuable tool. It's something that can completely change the trajectory of a situation or a decision-making process for the better. So um, that's there. If you would like to uh, take me up on that, if you would find that helpful after listening to last week's episode or this, this week's episode. Uh, okay, let's get started. So how does change move from possibility into reality? I... I think we're kind of largely talking through an individual lens here, but these ideas, uh, I think, can ap apply to all manner of contexts. So um, change within relationships, within families, within workplaces, communities, and so on. Um, they are, are ways to approach change or things that are true in relation to how change comes to life once the kernel of its idea has been um, kind of planted, so to speak. Um so the first one is spontaneously ripping off the bandage. So sometimes just going with the impulsive urge to do it now is the only way something specific will get done. <laughs> so 
this was very interesting to think of as the first point, especially as I was um, reflecting on it through the slow coaching lens. Um, but oh yeah, like absolutely. Sometimes you've got to realize, oh, this is the moment and I'm going to do it. Um, it might just be saying yes to the invitation of change or the opportunity uh, that requires a, a kind of uh, an agreement early on, agreeing to the thing that's come into view, which you know, you know, if you think about it for too long, you're going to second guess uh, yourself and end up declining, even though that you there's a there's a real sense within you in the immediate response to the opportunity or to the uh, the request or whatever um, or to that change knocking at the door which is like yes this is this feels so right I know that this is right yeah I mean there are many things that suffer when we overthink them so spontaneity is is an option it's got to be an option when you know you know um, this is not always uh, the, the right way to do it but a lot of the time when you have that instinctive sense that the bandage needs ripping off um, or that ripping off the bandage is the way to approach it in the least painful way uh, then this is um this is on the table. You know, the easiest way to get into a cold swimming pool is to do it as fast as possible, full immersion. Uh, dipping in bit by bit is excruciating. I don't know how you, how you enter a swimming pool or enter the ocean if you if you ever have, if you do. Um, but we kind of acclimatise quicker when we are fully in. And there, there are some things where it's like, yeah, I'm going in there. I just need to maybe just do it. Take this moment to realise, yeah, I've just I've just got to do it. So it's an option, not always the best way to step into change, but sometimes we might have the feeling that it's the right thing for now. Um, second, the next way change might come into reality is in fits and starts. So we, we all agreed that change rarely feels smooth. It's rarely without frustration. It's rarely perfectly flowing in a way where there's no friction and it feels like, yes, this is wonderful. Everything's going so lovely and yeah, as it's supposed to. Um, so I think acknowledging the fits and starts nature of change is important when it comes to those moments of friction where it feels like, ah, oh, it's not happening. You know, just think of what happens to a New Year's resolution once life gets back to normal. So often we might give up on them because we don't accept the fits and starts nature of long-term change. Sometimes it flows other times we just hit pause for a while and know, you know, actually I'm too busy to even look at this at the moment. Um, and that can, you know, we can tell ourselves a story with that that says, uh, oh, you've given up completely. And actually we need to just be like, no, I'm just parking it for a moment. I'm just hitting the pause for a moment and I'm going to come back to it when it's time. Um, and so I think we often set ourselves up to fail by having expectations that change should feel good when we're in the messy process of bringing it to life but actually it's often clunky and difficult and it requires energy and effort and learning new things and uh, trying things out and failing and feeling like oh I can't do this um, so this is both a mindset and an option I think a mindset because it's a, a reminder not to give up just because it feels imperfect or it's not it's not going very smoothly and an option because there are ways of embracing fits and starts as the approach that we take. Maybe this week you have capacity to work on the thing a bit more than you will next week, for example. You can do some stuff on it, then park it and say, okay, yeah, I'm going to sort of put that in the metaphorical drawer on Friday evening and I won't get it out next week and be okay with that. 
sort of intentional about and accepting of the clunk. Um, next one, understanding change through the lens of habits and breaking habits down into small and simple behaviours. So tiny habits, we've talked about this before, uh, an option for setting tracks for change to occur over time, you know, in, in more or less automatic ways. Habits are like waves that chip away at the landscape over time and behaviours are what become habits. So this option is about, I suppose, taking a, a fairly systematic um, approach to how change is created, identifying that that long-term outcome that you're wanting to um, to get to make happen and then asking okay what are the habits that make that outcome you know the uh, occur over time like what are the habits that are going to mean that you get there without necessarily thinking about it too hard and then doing the behaviors that make the habits happen behaviors being practical actions that you can take uh, in any given moment they don't require anything more than some a decision to do something right now um then experiments and play. So this option was about opening the road up and asking what could be different. So finding role models, trying different things, and then testing out how they feel and fit for us personally. So building on other people's pathways. Um, this is kind of an exploration mode. So moving with change as something fluid and dynamic as opposed to something uh, very specific and concrete. Um, we might think of change as a particular thing that we want to make happen. But as this option expresses, sometimes it's just a way of orienting ourselves in the world. The change that wants to come to life is in our body and mind, a way of seeing and engaging with an open mind and to notice what catches our attention and where we might want to go as we start playing and exploring. So the change is that that kind of opening up ourselves. The change is... Uh, repositioning ourselves in relation to the way that we um, see and hold and move uh, forwards in the world. And then anchor in creative curiosity. So this is uh, similar. You know, maybe we start with the exploration mentality, but we get pulled along a linear path. Maybe we've just drifted towards it and it's like, oh, now, you know, I've, I've got to do this specific thing as part of like... You know, change has to be this specific um, part of what I've uh, just discovered in these exploration, um, in this exploration season. Or it might be that someone is trying to get us to think that way. Like, oh, you need to really focus. You need to be specific. You need to find the thing that you're going to change. Um, you know, I've <laughs> I've had coaching clients who've asked me not to do that with them because they've had coaches in the past who try forcing them to commit to goals and get very linear and process focused in the way that they um, approach them but sometimes and for many people there is a need to remain flexible with the approach that we take to change to be open to different options and to anchor in the creative curiosity rather than pin everything to the outcome that we are after sometimes a goal is only useful insofar as it gives us a direction in which to move. But for many in the coaching world, the goal can become this weird sacred object that must be um, kind of worshipped and achieved at all costs, which I think takes us perfectly onto the next one, which is, um, you know, change can, can come into reality from possibility uh, more simply and slowly. The world 
often equates growth with the story of more and faster. But deep transformational change often comes when we go slower with the things that matter. And for that to happen, we need to let go of things that don't matter. Maybe we need permission to take the pressure off and allow change to occur in its own sweet time. This might be uncomfortable if we're used to a highly driven corporate family or social environment where fast growth is seen as the uh, kind of measurement of success. It's only one way of holding success and it really doesn't mean a whole lot to a lot of people. You know, I, for one, am far less interested in, in fast growth than I am in deep and meaningful transformation that occurs over time from the roots up. It's the kind of change that goes through seasons where it might not look like much is happening. So it requires a different kind of confidence, a confidence that is rooted in patience, humility and uh, faith. So how else does change come to life? With planning and consideration. What do we need to get in place to feel realistically confident in our first or next step? And what doesn't need to be in place yet? It's okay to think and plan. It's great to to take time. Uh, But it's also helpful to know how much is enough so that we can get started. What don't we need in place before we start? I think it's just as, or if not more important than the question, what do I need in place to get started? To know, okay, yeah, I, I need to plan. I need to get things ready but I don't need to get that ready just yet. Um, take your eyes off the prize is the next one. Um, check in with your feelings and relationship with change. Is it still necessary, relevant, helpful? Or are you focused on achieving an outcome that is no longer actually relevant or required? Similar to the early point about creative curiosity. Remember, goals are not sacred objects that we must achieve at all costs. They are anchors that we can use to move us in an intentional direction that we have chosen and we can be open to them changing you know the treasure is what we find along the way this is why teaching the return to serenity island course it's not what promises to be waiting for us at the end of the rainbow many goals are things that we can imagine unwrapping like a gift and inside we find a box full of the things we've learned the things we've grown experienced acquired and done along the way almost like a photo album of, you know, this this journey that we've been on. The box is just the container that we put it all in at the end. The goal is like a flag that marks the point of reflection and celebration about the stuff that has brought us to this point. Obviously, it is a lovely feeling to achieve the thing, to get to the end, but it's a symbol of something deeper, not the only thing that matters. You know, getting a helicopter to the top of the mountain wouldn't feel the same as trekking up the mountain on our feet the summit isn't the point but it gives us something to focus on so we can engage with the real point and experience the real point the thing that brings the meaning which is the you know the journey as cliche as that is but if the summit doesn't feel compelling anymore or reaching it is actually going to sort of take us away from some other stuff that is more important to us like uh, some core values you know, things that we know are, um, you know, we're maybe sacrificing for the sake of this goal. Uh, Be flexible. Is this really um, a good idea? Is this really what you 
want. Um, and I think it's uh, Edmund Hillary's son, um, Peter Hillary, talks about the story of um, summit fever on the mountain K2. And he, he, he was on an expedition. He, he turned back, uh, I think, with some other climbers. But then there were some climbers who um, pushed on despite really dangerous weather conditions um, and ended up perishing because they felt this compulsion to continue, even though it was a really bad idea. And they became obsessed with reaching the summit um, and lost connection with the risks. And so this phenomenon of summit fever um, is, uh, I, I think, kind of has a metaphorical um, aspect to it as well. But it's this this idea that we might become unable to turn back. We, we might have this thing inside us that's like, no, I've, I've got to reach the summit. I've got to get there um, beyond the ability to reason um, and to say, do you know what? Actually, that's coming at the expense of my health. It's coming at the expense of my family, my relationships, um, all of that kind of thing. And so, um, yeah, again, take your eyes off the prize. Don't put everything into the end uh, notice that a goal hold a goal yes move towards it but don't hold it as this um this weird sacred object that is going to define who you are and if you don't hit it that is going to sort of speak of something about you and bring shame on you because uh, it's not and actually it's you know much the bravest thing to do is is quitting um a lot of the time or some of the time when it is when it is the bravest thing to do um so yeah um and then uh, necessity or survival some changes come out of desperation and a reaction to rock bottom or having a sense of imminent threat a, a fight flight action to escape a sense of threat um and so while the change might begin in this way there might be this this thing that stimulates this need for a change uh, there is usually then an opportunity to to work with it in a more connected and intentional way once the dust has settled from that immediate um, kind of activated moment. There might be a new landscape that we need to navigate, life beyond an unhealthy relationship or rebuilding after a crisis or getting another uh, swing at the ball after a health scare. Change also happens with help, support and encouragement. You know, we don't have to do everything alone. Other people might even facilitate certain changes. Once we identify, you know, what's needed, uh, we can then work out who can help. Uh, it might be um, the opportunities there to delegate responsibilities or to say, yeah, could you do this for me? Um, to pay somebody to, to do it. And that's going to kind of really help move the change along. Um, in a sense, we can organise a, a kind of team to assist um, which again, it's not always easy. Uh, it's not always relevant, um, but it's often more of an option that might than might occur to us uh, a lot of the time. And it's also the case that a lot of change impacts other people around us. Uh, so depending on what we're talking about, it might come to life in a community, through a community, it might be part of a collective story of change. Um, so for a relationship, a family, a social group, a wider community, Actually, we're all um, making this change happen. We're all taking this change as a um, on that, on that journey from a possibility, from a theoretical. You know, could we do this uh, to an actual uh, reality? 
And when there's a, when there's a, other people involved, sometimes that makes it easier. Sometimes it makes it more difficult. Sometimes different people have different ideas of what that change should look like. So, uh, yeah, this is itself, um, you know, full of things that that need to be navigated. But yeah, keeping one another active and inspired. Uh, we're going to talk about that a little bit more next time in the episode about motivation. Um, but yeah, it's definitely a way that change moves from um, possibility to reality. And then the final one that we talked about was um, was around mindset shifts. So you might think that change requires a mindset shift um, in order to, you know, before we are able to do it. But mindset shifts also come once we start taking action. They reinforce one another. So, you know, if we can find those small and simple cues to get the ball rolling, uh, we can build momentum into the journey of change. Sometimes one small action, a small behavior change, uh, can open up a whole new mental outlook, which feeds into other uh, habitual changes. Or maybe it's just um, like starting a membership of something, going somewhere, opening yourself up to a, a new environment where you're going to um, where you're going to kind of frequent, and actually just doing that can then have this cascading um, effect in the the kind of bigger, broader picture of change so um, and this is definitely a good option that links nicely to habits um, so yeah I mean like last week we're going to finish um, by just taking a moment to pause and reflect on how the change might want to come to life you know when the urge is shouting to take a certain approach and to do it right now um, again like last week it's probably good to notice do I feel like there's no time to pause do I feel like I need to take action immediately and if there isn't time to pause even just for a second that might be an indicator that this is not coming from a place of safety and connection so don't jump until you know which state the voice of change is speaking through anchor in connection and safety before taking any action am I currently in a defensive, urgent, limiting, or connected, creative, expanding state. Notice your end to the sentences, those Deb Dana uh, sentences. The world is, and I am. In a defensive state, you might see the sense of threat and scarcity, like the world is hostile and I am lost, or the world is overwhelming and I am confused. And then find a thought, a truth, linked to this change, linked to the possibility, linked to this future that you would love to bring about. Move into connection and safety in relation to the capacity for navigating change within your spirit of possibility and curiosity and creativity. How is the world here? How are you here? Maybe the world is possible the world is beautiful the world is a canvas and i am open to explore what it wants to show me i am open to paint something new with my life and then from a state of connection invite yourself to reflect on these questions as you consider the change that might be knocking at the door or might have come through the door 
Which of the options above resonate with how I want to approach this change? What action could I take today, or even right now, to help make this happen? So there we go. Hopefully um, you've got some ideas for the next time you want to move change from possibility into reality. Um, maybe it's happening right now. If so, I mean, I'd love to, to hear from you as well. If anything is kind of pressing right now for you around this topic, if anything resonates in these episodes with you. Um, in the next and final part, we're going to think about getting and staying motivated as we embark on a season of change. Um, as I said earlier, you can download the cue cards uh, from the show notes or at the-haven.co slash autumn slash change. Um, and if you want to join for a future theme cotter conversation like the one that inspired these episodes, I would love you to join us. It would be so good to have your mind in the Haven Hive brainstorm. Um, do, yeah, come and check it out, the-haven.co. Um, they're really wonderful experiences, our Cotter sessions. Just lovely to hang out with gentle souls around the world, talk about stuff like this. Um, and you don't have to get actively involved. You can just come and uh, absorb the the energy of the group and just listen and, and take things in. Yes, that's the deal. Um, you can get a week's trial to check it out so you can have a little look around and see if it feels like a good fit for you. Um, as I say, the hyphen haven dot co uh, all right i'll be back again next time with another episode of the gentle rebel podcast until then do remember that you are an artist the world needs your art now go and make somebody's day bye-bye